What's up, everyone? How's it going? Welcome back to another week of the True North Racing Podcast. I'm your host, John Morrison. This week on the program, we do not have a regular racer. We have a media member, just like myself. He has done media for Dale Lucas, uh, Kyle Lucas, and some stuff for the Canadian Vintage Modifieds. We have Matt McCaig on with us tonight. So guys, let's have a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Jomo Media Promotions. Let's go. All right, everyone, just before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, Jomo Media Promotions. Jomo Media provides race-ready promotions to bring you and your team to the next level. We provide weekly updates as well, providing off-season, mid-season, end-of-year write-ups for your team. On top of the write-ups, we have photo and video opportunities as well. For more information, contact us at jomopromos at gmail.com. That's J-O-M-O-Promos at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow us at Jomo Media. All right, guys. Um, first off, I want to apologize um, sincerely from the bottom of my heart. Last week, I was supposed to air a get-to-know-myself um, portion of the uh, of the True North Racing podcast, where you guys got to know a little bit more about me. Um, well... I don't know how to say this, but uh, it it didn't turn out the way I wanted to. Um, I'm not sure if it was just because I sounded different than what I really wanted to, um, or if I was just wasn't I was just overall not happy with how it was turning out. Um, I'm not sure if I'll ever get back to it. Uh, if you guys want to, I may do some question periods within the show, um, so you guys are more than welcome to. Uh, Maybe I'll do an ask, uh, ask John section where you guys can um, submit your questions, ask me what you guys want to know, and I'll be more than happy to answer a couple questions per episode. Um, I will be doing voice, uh, taking voice messages for those. Um, so yeah, feel free to drop a, um, I'm, I may work those into the show here, so please feel free to drop them in at anchor.fm backslash true north racing. Submit your voice messages and we'll add them into the show. And uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe in this section, maybe near the end of the show after we're done our interview. Maybe, I don't know yet. Um, if you guys have ideas, let me know. Um, if, yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i not 100% sure how I want to do that episode yet. Um, I would like to put one out. I would like to get my story kind of out there and let you guys know about how I got in racing, why I'm still in racing, and uh, yeah. So I hope you guys all had a good week. Um, again, once again, I'm sorry for the last week episode, not having an episode last week. It was just, uh, I don't know if it was just not right timing or what, but yeah. Um, happy Easter. If <laughs> I didn't say that last week. So guys, um, uh, so this week on the show, we have Matt McCaig. Um, he has worked with me the past year with, uh, with the Young Drivers Canadian Vintage Modifieds as sort of our videographer and, uh, you guys may have seen his stuff on YouTube, um, on our on the Young Drivers Canadian Vintage Modified's YouTube channel. Um, so if you haven't, head on over, check it out, subscribe. Going to be some more content this year. Um, you're going to learn a, bit, a little bit about how what we're actually going to do this summer with within the CVMs, and uh, some fun little things we're going to we're going to end up doing. So guys, uh, check that out. Um, hope you guys enjoy this uh, episode. Um, as always, guys, head on over to. Our links in our bio on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and uh, head up the Jomo Media 
merch or apparel shop and the True North Racing Apparel Shop. We are going to be drop. We have uh, some merch there that you guys can buy. So help support us and uh, help let's let's help grow this podcast a little bit more. We got a new show coming. You guys have keep hearing me say this for the past little bit. Um, it is coming. It is in the making. Our first episode. I need to write down on my whiteboard that's next to me here. Um, it's looking to be the week of May twenty second. Um, the, uh, like the week prior to the first race at Flamborough Speedway. Um, that is looking like to be our first episode. Um, that's when I'll, we'll, we'll record the, the week of. So, uh, I hope you guys are excited for that show as much as I am. Um, still not sure what, how we're all going to do this, but, uh, the trailer is going to be dropping soon. We dropped a little teaser, I guess you could say. It was a uh, <laughs> it was a fun little video of one of our bloopers from when we were recording the uh, the trailer. Um, uh, it's gonna be a heck of a show. It's gonna be a lot of fun. You guys are gonna get have this traditional voice in there. You guys are gonna have Caitlin Wallace and Michael Kenny with us as well on a new show called The Driver's Seat with Caitlin and Michael. So hopefully you guys check out this one. You guys are gonna have two podcasts in a week to listen to coming to you from Joe Media and Promotions. So guys. Uh, Let's jump into this week's episode. Here's our interview with Matt McKeg. All right, guys, this week on the True North Racing Podcast, we have with us Matt McKeg. Matt, how are you? Pretty good. Jonathan, yourself? Uh, not too bad, man. How's, uh, how's the offseason treating you? Uh, pretty boring. Not having the racetrack to go to on uh, Saturdays there. <laughs> so uh, We all miss it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... So let everyone know a little bit about you. Why don't you uh, uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yep. Yeah, so this beginning of this year will be my fourth year uh, with Flamborough Speedway. Um, in 2017, uh, I think it was 2017, I met Dale Lucas, the driver of the 30 car. Um, and me and him just kind of experimented and said, you know what, let's go see what some of the court the like what classes were available in 2017 we were thinking about getting into it in 2018 and uh from there we built a car long story short dale ended up you know being a pretty good race car driver i'm sure some of the scores will show you that yeah um from there i I, originally it was supposed to be me and him taking turns at the wheel really he's a hundred times the driver i could ever be so i took a step back as mostly like as crew chief for the first two years um yeah. and then from there we discovered the um this Canadian vintage modifieds and dale really wanted to join that so we ended up joining the canadian vintage modifieds and i took a step back as far as a crew member i'm still helping out with his team and, and other teams like um um the 53 and some of the other guys there and same same with some of the pure stock guys leo and all those guys, when whoever needs it, Chris Pendleberry. I know he's gone to mini stock as of uh, last year. Um, I took a step back and started doing some filming. I was doing some filming um, on our own uh, YouTube page, actually my YouTube page uh, for Dale Lucas, more or less just for fun. Um, and then when we joined the Canadian Vintage Modifieds, uh, I was asked and approached by the club to put out a few videos. So I said, yeah. Absolutely no problem. So I kind of did this rotating, um, put a GoPro in or on somebody's car every couple of weeks. And last year with the whole coronavirus, we didn't get a full season of racing in. So I can't remember how many videos we put out, maybe six or seven 
days yeah. worth of racing, but sometimes two videos would make their way up. Um, videoed with a, a bunch of different drivers. Dale's got a video up there. I think uh, Steve Murdoch and his boy uh, Quinton, we have uh, videos of each of them up. I think there might be even two up of each of those. Um, but again, I wanted to branch out and film more of the cars, uh, especially pit side. And things were just so chaotic last year with how the everything was set up you know, yeah. social distancing. It was hard to get as much in as I'd like to get in. Um, but we're definitely going to be continuing that this year. That's good. Um, yeah. So definitely the, the uh, last year you and I have uh, kind of worked a little bit of a hand in hand into helping uh, um, bring some more media content for the, uh, for the vintage modifieds. Um, and you were the main focus in behind helping out with the, uh, with the video stuff. Cause that, that was something I wasn't, uh, wasn't too sure on and uh you know it's it's been a pleasure working with you for the past little bit uh thank you uh but i know you uh you put a lot of effort into the live broadcast which at the first we did have a few hiccups with just trying to get yeah a signal out there however i've heard a lot about like the coverage that we were actually getting people that weren't even in ontario just people that remember the club who have since moved away i know we have one fan in nova scotia we thought it was the best thing ever to be able to watch not only the CVMs, but you were filming some of the other classes as well. And especially with the, the way the coronavirus hit us too, it's, it was like the perfect timing to really get, you know, branch out as far as the media goes. Yeah. And as, uh, as you know, you and I talked a little bit over the off season about what kind of, uh, um, what kind of media you're going to help with, uh, obviously with the video stuff but how much you were going to help out with, because I didn't want to step on any toes as I was going to try something new for the club. And um, cause I've seen some success on, on YouTube and uh, I thought it would be great for the club is to do some, is to do some vlogging. Um, do you think that would be good for the club? Absolutely. Uh, that's something I always struggled with as far as media. Like it's, it's easy for me to slap a GoPro on somebody's car, hit record and forget about it. I can still enjoy my day at the racetrack. I can still help out. All yeah. I got to do is wait for them in line, hit record right before they go out. And then after that, it's just a day or two later, I'll edit it here and there at home and throw it up on the YouTube page. I was never able to, and I really liked to, but I was never able to go, you know, pit side and, you know, introduce drivers a little more personally. And I, I think with, um, with a vlog style video, you could really get to know the drivers a whole lot better if we could do that. Um, it, I'm just not a, an on camera personality. Maybe it's just a bit shy. Maybe you can do a far more better job than I could ever do, but I think yeah. it's a fantastic idea. That's, that's the kind of key thing I was looking at doing was just to, um, you know, it, it, I just figured like we, we were doing a, we're doing quite well with the Instagram. We're, we're doing amazing with the Facebook I know I'm not doing so hot with Twitter. I don't know why. It's just not one of my favorite uh, social media platforms yeah, to go to. Twitter's but... for a lot of things, though. Exactly right. You can end up going down a rabbit hole you don't mean to, and and it just turns you it turns into a bad day, right? I think the big three are Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Those are the big three. That's what I find up here more or less than compared to the states. In the states, they live off of Instagram, not really so much Facebook or Instagram. Um, whereas up here we like to keep our opinions to ourselves so to speak but we still like to put them out with it with like a picture or just on our typical feed um yeah 
And I, I think, uh, like, as of, you know, the beginning of last year, we didn't even, as far as the CVM page went, there was no YouTube video or YouTube channel. No. Like, we started that, me and you. Yep. Like, we started throwing stuff up there, pictures, videos, collages, and stuff like that. And, like, with the whole, like, the club went from, what, 15 or 16 cars a couple of years ago? We doubled yeah. that class just from mostly getting out there and i think our president is just he's done a fantastic job of finding these cars that have been forgotten and collected dust and you know he this guy's got a car for sale if anybody's looking to jump into this class he's he's done a great job yeah you, we can't say nothing bad about john carly at all he he stepped in almost uh um he stepped in took the reins right away and has just you know, help grow this club. And the fact that, you know, he, you know, I, I reached out to him in regards to the media stuff and, uh, and then obviously bringing you in, you know, if I ask, ask, uh, have questions, I could always reach out to Ashlyn McCubbin as well. You know, it's, there's a vision in inside John's mind and it's coming to fruition and it's looking really, really good. Yeah. When I was there, when, when he was voted into the council there, and it reminded me of Martin Luther King, you know, uh, I have a dream. His, his exact words were, it's time for change. And he hit the nail right on the head when he says it's not a bunch of old guys anymore racing about forgotten years and forgotten cars. He has turned that club upside down. And I mean, no disrespect to the previous councils. They were doing the best that they could do. But he had a vision. He executed that vision. And he has done wonders for this club. Like, I think when, when you had him on, he said, what, 32 cars he said he was going to try and race this year? We're looking, we're looking to have about 30 to 32 cars, I believe, this year. Um, not 100% sure on a lot of that still because uh, yeah. I'm, I'm still waiting on teams to reach back to me with, uh, <laughs> with their information so I can update the website. But, yeah, we're looking to have another about, I'd say, about 28 maximum cars or minimum cars this year. Yeah, well, remember last year, even with the coronavirus, like we went from in the CVM class from. I think they were saying 12, 13 the year before. Yeah. And then we were like mid 20s pack wise. 24 cars. Year. I think we had 24 yeah. cars opening night. What a difference in one year. And these are these are cars that people have pulled out of, you know, barn finds or somebody's been holding on to them gone through them fixed them up changed bushings gone out and practice and yep unfortunately we didn't have in that class or any of the classes for that matter the practice time we would normally have yeah um, any track it didn't matter what track you went to some tracks didn't even bother opening the last year because of the the restrictions no so we're delaware oshwegan we're not yeah we were lucky enough that the flambro family there were able to to open up for us the best we can uh, the owners of flambro like bless their heart they try their best yeah, John and Frank Caselli do so much for um, everyone in the racing community. You know, it's it, it it's we almost had to thank them really. Like we were <laughs> that that we were actually back. Like it, it if it seems so long since we were there and with the start of the pandemic, and it was so nice to actually be back. And you know, John and Frank opening the gates and be like, "Come on in, guys. We're let's go racing." Yeah, and even he knew the restrictions were like you know gonna be spotty not everybody's gonna show up and i really don't even think he was making money i'd be surprised if he was scraping by by the time you're paying property taxes and everybody's time and resources to be out there but 
he understands the itch. Like he, he's a race fan too, Downhart. Oh yeah, he's a he's a he's a diehard racer. How do you think he's been uh, uh, keeping with that with uh, keeping those doors open for what fifty some years now? Yeah, more and more tracks across Ontario and across Canada too. With the housing boom and everything, houses are getting closer. People complain about the noise, and he's got a very good relationship uh, with bylaw and the noise constrictions. Like he yeah. works best, and I've never heard an issue um personally about bylaw shutting them down but he works very well with the the community surrounding him um to make sure he's not angering anybody yeah of course he can't keep everybody happy but it's a racetrack exactly right you can never there's always going to be that one person who's just like why is there so much noise coming from this one place why is there a racetrack so close to my house you know it's it's that one person right and that's what kills a lot of racetracks um but you know what? That family's owned that track forever. 1960s, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it's 50-some years now. Yeah. I think it's almost pushing 60 years for some reason. I don't know why. I can't remember. I think Dale told me the, the year they started. And and I remember some on Facebook, some photos crept up of the of Flamborough back in like the 80s. And what a difference. Oh, I know, right? Oh, man. Dale told me um stories about there used to be before the infield was there the mud puddle that used to be there and guys would go sliding through it and then i seen the photos and i actually understood what he meant by that that wasn't a puddle it was a small pond when it rained i know yeah is is one of the best in my opinion now yeah it is uh definitely and you know what the fact that you even just said that the fact that you know it is a great little short track and it's grown so much um and it's gotten such a better reputation, I find, than what it used to have. The fact that the NASCAR Pinty Series is coming back to that track is a big upswing for that for that track. Oh, yeah. That tells you something. And, and every year I come back, the first time through the pick gates, they always do something to the track. I think a year or two ago, they painted the, the bleachers. They painted the walls. They redid yep. all the line work on it. And it just gets, you know, you know, the crew puts in their time at the beginning of every year. They cut the grass, right? They clean the whole track up. And the first couple of nights, the track's a little green, a little slick. So you yep. got to watch it. But they really do a good job. Oh, and they asphalted a, a strip down the middle, too. Added a bunch of concrete pads. It's come a long way in the last few years that, that I've even been there. Yeah, it's... uh definitely come a long way from just the straight of gravel that used to be there and you were slipping on it while running back to your pit or, uh, you know, and you just had your concrete pad. So once you got back there, you're, um, after a hot lap session or even after the feature, you're rubbing tires or rubbing the rocks off your tires, just getting back to clean again. Right. Yeah. But is is always going to have a nice, it's, it's a great place in my opinion. It's, it's my favorite track by far. And I've moved out since to Arthur. So I'm a little bit, closer to other tracks than Flamborough, but I'm still going to be making the track to Flamborough. Yeah. Um, it's always going to be my home track. The, the people that make it all happen there, they're just, they try so hard. You know, um, we got John in the pits too, rolling around, making sure everybody's on time. And yep. I, I, I have to make a shout out to him. I'm sure he's going to listen to this, but man, you do your part. <laughs> The, the whole staff does their part from top to bottom, right? From, from you know, Frank and Frank and John owning the place to, uh, 
Gary running the microphone to Doug up in the tower, controlling the race, um, you know, to, to our corner men, you know, all the way down to our, even the, the lady at the, the ladies at the gate, right. It's from top to bottom they they just make the, the day of a whole better experience. Oh yeah. They're always there. Like the, the lady at the, um, um, where you get your food there, the food, yep. there is, by the way, too. It's always the same crew in the same positions. You, everybody knows each other. You wave on your way in, you wave on your way out. And yep. it's a friendly place. Like I know not everybody's going to keep everybody happy. I've seen, I, I think we've all seen pit fights before, but that's racing though. The yep. juices get flowing and nine times out of 10 though, you end up shaking hands at the end of the night. And I've seen that a lot. Like oh, it yeah. doesn't matter what class you're in. You could be, you know, uh, in pure stock or even in a in a, a full modified car things are going to happen and you guys just shrug it off and shake your hands at the end of the night um flambro's yeah. pretty good for that they they don't take no shit when it comes to um beefing in the pits they keep everybody separate until the, the nerves calm down and i haven't seen too many issues there really between crew and um racers or racers on racers it's it's been a pretty mild track as far as that goes, which is great because it builds a, a great community as far as racers go. Um, yeah. I know I've met so many great people since me and Dale started uh, with Pure Stocks and I think 2018 would have been our first year. Um, Chris Pendleberry and, and Leo, some of the best racers in the Pure Stock class back then. Chris has gone to um, Mini Stock and he did fantastic last year and he's got a sharp new looking car this year. Yeah, um, same car, just revamped it. Um, oh, it's just so many people in, in all the classes, and some of them come and go, and some of them jump into different classes, and that's racing. You always, you always wish them the best, but even though you're in different classes, like you're all still friends. Like I'm with the CVMs technically now, but I'll still go lend a hand with with Leo every once in a while, or Chris will start me on my way in and ask my opinion on something on his car, or I'll help him bleed a clutch. That's happened a couple of times, and you know, it's it doesn't matter what you race at Flamborough Speedway or any track for that matter. Everybody there, it's their passion. They want to share their passion. Oh yeah, they're they're uh, th- everyone there treats you treats each other like family for the for the for the most part, and that's probably one of the reasons why it's one of my uh, favorite places to go, but also one of my hated places to go because of. Sometimes I get a love-hate relationship with that place, and it has nothing to do with anyone there. It's just I find I've been lately the past few years I've been on a, on um uh the worst not the worst side of anyone at the track per se, but I've had uh, some of my worst nights at the track over the last few years. So for me, it's been a love-hate relationship for the past few years. But you know what? With going with the CVMs, it was my first time in probably oh I'd say about four or five years. That my heart rate did not spike as I pulled <laughs> as I pulled through those gates, and because I now because now I'm no longer a crew guy, I've gotten almost no responsibilities. My responsibilities are to take pictures, make content, and put it out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, uh, I've hell I've been even dabbling in with some TikTok videos um, lately just to. Uh, uh, I guess you say kind of help promote, like it's all my personal stuff for that, but it's, it's still content that's being put out there for, for, for them to see. Right. 
Yeah. That, that's the boat that I was in too, especially last year. I found it was less of a responsibility and more there for fun. It was more of a social event at that point. Yeah. I talked to a few guys in the pits and, you know, you still have the responsibility, you know, I need to be there and, and make this content, but it was kind of more at your own leisure. Um, but at, like, you're the same way as me. Somebody has an accident or, or yep. somebody, me and you are all over it. Where, how can we help? How can we yeah. do this? And uh, that it, it definitely was a step back, a little bit less stress on myself, at least. Um, I would still go and sit. Uh oh. direction of the Canadian Vintage Modified since year or two. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a lot less, um, not time consuming, but a lot less uh, involved, I guess you could say. Um, it was just a little bit more pleasant on our side, a little bit less stressful. Yeah, it was nice. It, like, I've never, the only time I've ever been on the inside of a track was Delaware Speedway. And of course, I'm being behind a pit wall. You know, I got pit road there. Um, last year in September for our, for our race there, I jumped into the middle of the track and man, that, that changed my perspective so much from how, you know, how much action actually happens on the track and what you actually see in front of you. And my wife put it the best. She was never really a racing fan. She doesn't watch it on TV. She's not really a sport kind of person. Yeah. You would do things that I would do. So I started bringing her to the track with me. And she told me about midway through our first season, she says, I never thought I would be this caught up in it. It's totally different when you know the people out there. Because at that point, we had known most of the um, pure stock crew at that point. And she's, yeah. she knows the car. She knows the guy driving. She knows the crew that's behind it. From Andy Weller to Chris Pendleberry to, to all those, you know, all the front runner guys she knew by name first and last and she went from somebody who didn't care about racing to somebody who was on the on the pit side bleachers yelling screaming <laughs> just it's it it's weird and she i never realized it never took it that way until she she put it that way to me and i guess that's where a lot of like the media thing for me and you come across is like we're trying to get everybody um, get to know the drivers. These are these are regular Joe Blows. Not, these guys aren't all licensed mechanics. They're just hobbyists. This is their hobby. And the biggest thing for me anyway that I could say to anybody who wants to get into racing that probably doesn't know where to start, just go to a racetrack, go get yourself a pit side pass, or pay your entry fee, walk around, see what's available, see what classes are racing, see when they're racing, and go talk to somebody. This is their passion. This is what they pour all their weekend time and after work time into. They want to talk about their passion. They're not going to yep. bite that off. They're not going to tell you to go kick rocks. Just say, hey, I'm looking at starting racing. Can you tell me about this car? They will absolutely tell oh, you. Yeah. About their they will tell you anything to know. Oh, yeah, to, to help you get in the door. Friends of mine have even asked me, like, especially with the pure stocks, like, it's a very entry-level, low-cost mm -hmm. way to get introduced. It's not just 
you know, how much does the car cost or how, you know, everybody thinks they can race until they get out. Yeah. But there's a lot more. There's teching, getting around the rules, you know, lining up, stacking up. That's all stuff that comes with seat time. Um, yeah. The best thing I can say to anybody on the outside looking in that, like I was in 2017, is Dale, like Dale knew the routine. I just followed Dale Pizza. <laughs> and the best thing I could say to anybody on the outside looking in is just go get yourself a pass. Go pit side. Go talk to somebody. You will make friends 100%. These guys aren't all out to tell you to go, you know, this isn't a place for you. I don't care if you're a boy, girl, old man, a young man. I see kids that, you know, barely have their driving license who are kicking veteran ass out yeah like a perfect example of that is quinton steve murdoch's boy yes here was his first year as far as i know in a cvm they got him a car yep boy could that kid drive i know he comes from go-karts which is a little bit of a leg up but he surprised me i think he surprised a lot of people out there. man he surprised me too and um i even told john i've told steve this that like I'm actually looking forward to watching Quinn race this year. He oh, is gonna so be he is gonna be running for that rookie of the year title. And I feel I have a feeling he will be competing for I want to say two to three wins this year. Depending on how many races we actually get in, two to three. I, I would be very surprised if he was sub top five this year. Yeah. He makes it out to every single race. Mm-hmm. Like the only time he, you know, kind of finished at the back of the pack is when something else happened to him. Somebody lost it in front of him or yeah. he was trying to avoid a crash. That was the only time he kind of got the shaft and got sent to the back. If that boy, like, look at Steve. Steve's been racing for a long time, and he sticks to Steve, no problem. Sometimes yeah. can't can't pass his old man, but I know <laughs> when he does, Steve's going to have a tear going down his cheek. Oh, a hundred percent. And even Steve agrees too. Like that is Quinn is going to be, as long as they do the things they do, you know, as long as that car is a hundred percent coming back to that track, you know, in next month here, fingers crossed, we actually get to go back racing and he gets in the practice time, man, he is going to be a force. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm looking to see him. I'm looking forward to seeing him progress as a driver because I think even in a couple of years that that boy will have no problem being a front driver. No, he'll be, he'll be up front. He'll be competing week in and week out. Um, but you know what, though? All our young talent, all the young, really young guys who are coming into this class, like, you know, we got Michael Kenny. We have Quinn Murdoch, like we said. Um, Jeremy Barton is not all, all that old. Like, he, we're, we're looking at a bunch of young guys, really, realistically, in this class who are going to be hopefully around for, for a number of years to help keep this club alive and, those are the kind of people we need to help bring this club forward, right? Yeah, exactly. And although we, we have the car count now to, to be, you know, we're almost at the point now where it's almost like you need a A main and B main. Like it's, yeah. It's, but a lot of these drivers are coming from different classes, whether it be pure stock, uh, mini, mini stock, or, you know, some of these other classes. These cars are not like, 
anything else out there. They got a lot of rubber. They got a lot of brake behind them. They, they have the power, but they're very, very lightweight. And you got full adjustability like some of the other big cars. Yeah. They're open tire, even though they got, you know, bumpers and nerf bars, they're still open to tire. And I think last year, even though we had a few new drivers to the class, but that weren't new drivers, you know? Yeah. Caught a lot of them off surprise and i think a lot of them and i'm not going to name names but some of them probably could have used some more practice time on these cars oh 100 and you know what like the like the one driver the one driver that kind of didn't surprise me a little bit because i saw him always being competitive right off the hop but the guy who i kept seeing at the few a couple times I went out to practice days at, at the track was um uh ricky williger Man, that kid has been practicing his butt off. Well, and yeah, I've seen a visible improvement just week from week in yeah. time of that kid going around that track. Um, I, I haven't spoken to him about it. I kind of actually want to bring him on this program hopefully soon. Um, got to reach out to him, see if, he, <laughs> see if he wants to come on here for a little bit and do a little chat. But, you know, he, uh, John Carly said, like, he doesn't believe that he actually ever raced before prior to last year oh. and then goes out buys Darren Dryden's old car and you know it comes out here in third race he wins it yeah like I, I might be a might be a force to be reckoned with this coming year I I have five wins for him you, you I, think? I I think so if we have a or he will be competing he'll I'm not sure he'll have five wins but I guarantee he'll be competing for five. Hmm. I like to, I like to play these odds as to who, like after watching more diligent than I ever have of the class before. Um, I always love the CVNs, but I just never did my due diligence and paying attention to who was behind the wheel and stuff like that. Whereas last year I got that opportunity to really submerse myself, get to know the drivers, get to know names to faces and actually see them compete. I feel we're going to see TJ Marshall up front. Like we always have been, we're going to see Ricky Williger. I believe Jared Murphy's going to break, break through here, get a win. Um, Quinn Murdoch. Uh, I believe, you know what? Maybe John Carley might surprise us with a new car this year. You know, he would not surprise me if he's competing for more top fives and, and W's. Putting a lot of work in. I've seen a few photos on Facebook there. He's putting a lot of work into that car. And uh, the thing that, I think season. Uh, um, I can't. I can't. Car blew up in the first heat. The first. Um, and the CBMs were all lined up to go out there. And here comes John Carly walking. We're like, John, like they're all lined up. What are you doing? He goes, Oh, what do you mean? And he's joking with us. He had let that driver drive his car so they could stay in the points. Oh, like, Connor Ross. Yes, that's who it was. And like that's just a John thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Connor blew the motor in practice. I think the that's second awesome. lap or something like that. Blew blew a piston right through it. And uh John said, you know what? Here's the keys, go have fun. Yeah, and not a, nobody asked him to do that. He went out and did that on his own. Oh yeah. And this year, the car John drove last year, the chassis is actually gonna be Connor's this year. Oh really? So they're they're rebuilding the whole car then. 
so John has a brand, 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 brand new car. Like okay, never been that. tested, never been raced. And Connor is going to be driving what the 19 was last year. The, the car, just the chassis itself. They're going to redo the body of the body he had last year. So his, okay. so John Studebaker will still be on his car, but the, um, the coupe that they had on, um, the, uh, I can't remember what car it was for, for, uh, Connor. Um, there, I think it was a Ford or something. I think, I think, um, um yeah, I can't remember what it was. I, it was I can't, it's blanking on yeah. me right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that car that the, they're going to use that body again, that hood or the roof, sorry. And they're putting it on the new car. Okay. That'll yeah, be interesting. John got a brand new car, is he? John got a brand brand new car, brand new striker chassis by Mike Westwood. There should be no excuses this year, John. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be the car. Don't be surprised if John's listening to this, and then I'm the one getting in crap. So <laughs> oh, I know John's listening to this. Oh, John, John, I think John's an avid listener. So actually, uh, I'm going to be having him back on here in a few weeks. So. I know there's a few of us uh, that listen every week with every every cast. I, I don't usually catch them uh, as they're happening kind of thing. I'm usually a couple days later, but I just put it up on the Spotify. And I listen to my garage while I'm working away. Hey, nothing wrong with that. No, it's uh, it's I like a little bit of background noise, and I'm listening. I remember the conversation. I think you had two episodes there with John. Yeah, and uh, um. It's making me laugh a couple of times while I was under the hood of my wife's car or on the, working on the motorcycle there. And it's, you know what, you're doing a great job with this show. I think it's such a great, a, a great program that not a lot of other people, if anybody even has. Yeah. I, I, like I said, like I've said in other episodes, it's just something that I want to not expose, but I want to help bring forward, um, the local talent that we have like we have such amazing drivers especially here in ontario and i want to grow this to like my first guest was from texas and that's a good buddy of mine i would love to see this show expand from bc to nova scotia like i, I would love to see this be end up being a national um national program so to speak i think i think it's got the potential for that i mean you got the listenership and it's always that first little bit that takes a while to get yeah but the whole podcast thing i think as a whole kind of struggled to get off no matter what you're podcasting about but i think they've really come in popularity the last little while here especially with the whole coronavirus shutdowns and everything yeah uh, the media thing is is really the only way to to get out to people in certain ways now oh for sure and like hell i started jimmo media almost a year ago now and as a little side thing and and you know last year i had i had a, a a two i had three drivers um in total and by this year i now have like i think somewhere between six and ten so to speak right now so and you know i got this podcast i got i got another show i'm gonna be producing and directing here it's oh, uh, yeah i'm man so i i bought a ps4 a year ago <laughs> I'm so tempted to sell it now because I have almost no use for it <laughs> because my weekends are busy. My weeks are busy. I got, you know, I got, I'm my kids Monday. I'm going to be doing the podcasting on Tuesday with, with, uh, my, with the new show Wednesday. I'm going to be spending some time with my girlfriend Thursday. 
uh, Mike gets to do some work. Who knows? She'll be up as well. So we like to spend, I don't, I don't like to do too much work when she's up with me. Cause we don't uh, see each other through the week. Um, and then Friday, and then I got my kids Friday night and <laughs> weekend. I got my kids. So. Even started yet. And racing season hasn't started yet. I have no clue where I'm going to be finding time to, <laughs> to do a lot of things. Um, but definitely okay, Saturday night or Sundays. Hands. Sorry. You, you got your hands full there. It looks like. Uh, let's see what the CVMs I got to have to do uh, race stuff all, uh, day of, which is typical. I'm used to that by now. Um, I got to get those um, uh, race updates afterward, after the race is done. I got to get those up on the website as soon as possible now. Cause uh, I'm going to, I kicked my butt last year. Cause I waited like a month to do the first one. I sat here. <laughs> my TV is just up to my right here. I sat here and typed away and was watching the G force race. As I like the the G Force copy of the race, I was rewatching it and typing away of the stuff that I remembered seeing and stuff that I didn't remember seeing. So that was, uh, and then this year I'm going to be doing vlogging. So my Sundays are going to be busy. Oh yeah, and you'll I think you'll find with the vlogging tip side, you're really going to be struggling for time after that. Yeah, I, as but long as I have it up Sunday, mo- Sunday night, Monday night kind of thing, I'll be happy. What I did find uh, what we had last year versus the last few years is it used to be Saturday night racing. We'd roll in the gates around three or four o'clock and yeah, racing be done by 10 or so. But the way the restrictions were last year, they made it almost like a whole day event. Gates were open at nine. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> yeah, they'd be done around six. Sometimes they ran way late into the night and 11 o'clock a few nights. Um, I do find that gives you a lot more time in between so if the the restrictions are still the same uh in a few months uh, i'm pretty sure they're going to stay the same yeah Um, it won't be as bad you'll still have a few minutes to yourself here and there you're not going to be totally swamped um but man i'm i'm glad i'm not you have (laughs) do all that stuff uh you know what though i love doing a lot of work i love having a um a lot of stuff on the go and it's like they always say, an auto mine is the devil's playground, right? And, but to be fair, auto mine brought me Jomo Media, brought me this podcast. So I mean, it wasn't too too bad. <laughs> no, no, and you're doing great stuff for as far as the classes go. I mean, you're along for the ride with the CVMs. CVMs have doubled in numbers, and yeah, I don't think any of the classes foresaw like really half the turnout that they had last year. I was actually quite surprised that some of the classes that did race last year i remember there was a few did the um did the pro far pro fours even have a season last year no no i think they didn't even bother last year the, the problem um, with those guys they only have like four cars four or five cars right yeah which sucks because those are pretty cool that's a pretty cool class but I, I i'm not too sure i think they're moving to a different track though were they doing that? I, I remember there was talk about them doing uh, it all at one track. Um, I, I, numbers. I think it was Varney. Yeah, I can't remember. I thought I saw some of them going stuff. to Varney. Yeah, that's possible. I, I'm not too but, sure. Uh, yeah, me living out in Arthur, I'm actually closer to Varney than I am Flambro, but I'm still going to be making the trip down to Flambro anyway. I got, I got the motorcycle to ride, so <laughs> it'll be a nice Saturday afternoon ride out there. Oh, for sure. 
is and uh, yeah i'm i'm excited for raising this again mask or no mask we're gonna be seeing each other soon yeah for sure i'm uh i'm definitely looking forward to getting back to the track this year and uh uh seeing you again and uh man hopefully we didn't, we're not wearing masks by that point eh yeah, I think the, the Canadian government's a bit ambitious of getting all these vaccines out, but uh, they seem to be doing all right so far. They said uh, 40% of the population by June. Yeah. Um, so it might be late season by the time we're easing up on the restrictions, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Even if we got to grind through another year last year, I'm all right with it. Yeah. Um, but it would be nice to get things back to normal. Yeah, I'm as you know, as long as I get to go back to the track and and get to spend some time there, that's all that really matters, right? Yeah, you walk through those gates and you smell the the race fuel in the air and the, the smell of new rubber. It's just oh yeah, I'm home. This is where I belong. It's it's a wonderful feeling going to your local racetrack. That that's the one thing I um, last year my girlfriend finally came to a race. Um, she came to that September uh, the September race that we had, and one i've never seen a girl look so happy at her guy about being in a place that he absolutely loves but also being so annoyed with her because she has so many questions <laughs> but i still love her she's amazing but the funny part was is now she's so hooked on racing she can't wait to go back to the track oh yeah that's that's like my wife the same thing i really thought Oh, no. there with me and she will get mad if i leave her behind like she knows just as many of the people as i do there like yeah. by name by their car by you know the shirt they wear on their back they just she knows and i'm sure she'd get real upset with me if i told her she wasn't going one week but um i never expected her to take to it and there's a lot of people's wives and girlfriends that come out and you'd think that you know they got better things to do than come and listen to a bunch of noise and <laughs> got grown men complain about their cars but you know what they're just one of the guys out there like they're they take to it pretty well so you know if you're looking looking at getting into racing you know bring your wife out bring your girlfriend bring your buddies yeah it's, make it a guy's night i think you'd be surprised at how much of a social event it becomes I find racing is such a social event. You don't depend and expect like, doesn't matter the level you go to. It is such a social event. You could, you know, you go to Flamborough, you can sit there and talk to your buddies between intermissions. You get to watch a race while it's happening. It's, it's like hanging out with benefits. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like that at a lot of tracks. And yeah. I just, I just can't stress it enough. Like I was so surprised my first year of racing of how inclusive, of everybody is you think it would be like nascar online nobody you know watching nobody talks to each other it's all trade secrets no guys are coming over why are you doing it like that why don't you bolt that to that you know trying to improve each other and and it's just like you know driver's meeting goes over everybody starts talking to each other doug does his speech yeah and then uh, the crowd breaks up guys go get lunch or breakfast or whatever time we're there at and it, I'm, I was all so surprised that it's just a family. That's the only way I can put it there is 90% of the people out there are just like your family. You're exactly right. Everyone is family. You get, it's like seeing it. It's a, it's like a family reunion each week. Oh yeah. And it's, that's it's, the way I can put it. 
it throws you off if you're not there for a little while. I find that you, you come yeah. back after, like taking a few weeks off and it's like, Hey, what did I miss? Who's doing what? Who crashed this or <laughs> who fixed that? Oh, well, that's a new car. You know, you're just totally out of the loop if you do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess before we wrap up here, um, we got a fan question period. I always put it out every Sunday. We did get a couple uh, questions in. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot to check that. I remember you posted that on Facebook. Kind of wanted a sneak peek of uh, some of the questions that <laughs> rolled in. Well, we do have two for sure. Uh, I'm going to check Facebook and Instagram here one more time. I don't think uh, I don't think we got anything on the Facebook. So I haven't got a notification. But let me check Instagram. All right, we're good. You're safe on Instagram. But my Facebook questions have both rolled in from the same guy. Oh, and it's go. not Who even the it? person I'm kind of surprised about. I was waiting for uh, your buddy Dana, I believe it is. Oh, Dana likes to chew me a new one. I'm surprised <laughs> he hasn't said anything. I'm kind of shocked too because when I posted it on Wednesday that I wasn't putting out an episode, he said he had a few questions for you, but he never answered. <laughs> he never put. I told him to message me, and he never did. Oh, uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna pull his chain a bit now because he said he was going to. And I'm surprised he didn't. Me and nope. him kind of kind of sling stuff back and forth at each other because we're both race fans. Yeah, and uh, both come from uh, go karting and dirt bikes, so, <laughs> so kind of so, throw it at each other back and forth. <laughs> so both of our questions came in from Chris Pendleberry. Oh, okay. So the first one is is what has been some of your best memories from the past few years being at the track? Oh, that is an easy one. And I know why he's asking that exact question. In (laughs) 2019 or 2018, we we were just getting to know Chris and he had a couple of accidents in the, in the season. Um, He had a rear axle issue and I think a brake issue at another point. He wasn't really in it for the points anymore. So I did a, I did a practice lap with it. Did all right. Learned a lot about the car. Like uh, it doesn't have a brake booster. So the brakes were a bit tough on it. Yeah. Um, he basically just threw me the keys and said, this does this, this does this go out and turn some laps. And man, it was such an eye opener. It was my first real, like in like full blown race gear. Let's go. Saturday night racing and I could never thank him enough. I've thanked him a million times for it, but I could never thank him enough really for the experience. Um, the first race, uh, I got sideways in the first lap and I got passed by most of the field finished near the back. Not a big surprise for a rookie, uh, rookie driver, but because they invert the field, I ended up pole position on the, on the second race. Yeah. I was able to hold pole position for about maybe 12 or 13 laps on that 20 lap race. And then after that, I started overheating the tires, overheating the brakes, you know, yeah. I started past. I think I still finished like 11 out of 20 something cars. Um, so again, I'm not a professional racer. I don't have the seat time. I probably <laughs> never will, but Chris did me a solid that night. And, uh, I'll never forget that. Chris will always uh, be a good friend of mine. Nice. And then our second question, obviously, is from Chris. What are some of the drivers you've enjoyed racing against when you have been behind the wheel? 
that's a good question. Um, Mark Thorne was always a great driver in the pure stock class. Chris Pendleberry, of course. I remember, um, I think his name was Travis Hofstetter in the pure stock. He hasn't raced in a couple of years now. Um, Kyle, uh, I haven't raced with him, but I've watched him progress as a driver over the last two years. Um, Leonardo, Leonardo Lapabera. Oh man, that boy! I've <laughs> that, that guy I've seen progress in the last three years too. Um, I have raced alongside with him in a couple of practices, um, but I th- was it last year or the year before? I think it was the year before he got uh, points champion. He's really improved his driving over the last couple of years. He was never a, a poor driver, but he's really gotten better. Um, and if he sticks with the pure stock class this year, I think he could maybe do a back-to-back. We'll see what he can do. Ah, who else? Could, there's so many people, and because I haven't been at Flamborough in a while, I'm having trouble remembering who's who anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm doing an injustice trying to remember who, who everybody is, but I definitely have to say Mark Thorne, Leo, Chris Pendleberry, um, yeah, just a lot of the pure stock guys. They were just they were just great drivers, great people to be around. Perfect. Sounds good. Um yeah, anything else you want to add tonight? Um, I'd like to just really drive home the fact that anybody who's thinking of getting for racing or doesn't know where to start, go pit side, doesn't matter what track you're at. Go pay your dues at the gate. Go in and talk to somebody. Ask questions. These guys are not going to talk to you down. They're going to talk about their passion. They will answer any question you have. I think you'd be surprised at how affordable some of these classes are, like pure stock, um, even vintage modifieds. Even once you get past the initial buy of the car, the maintenance isn't that bad. A couple of sets of tires will last you the whole season. Yep. After that, it's just fuel and going to the pits. Get out there. Go to your local track. Ask questions. These guys will be happy to answer you. All right, Matt. Well, it was definitely a pleasure having you on this week. It was, uh, uh, it was honestly, we haven't really talked much over the off season, but it was uh, nice actually getting to sit down with you and uh, chat with you for the last uh, last little bit. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Much appreciated, and uh, have a good night. Yeah, you too. We'll see you at the track. All right. Perfect. Thank you. No problem. Bye now. All right, guys, that was our conversation with Matt McKeg. Once again, we want to thank Matt for coming on like we do all our guests each and every week. Next week on the program, we will have the driver of the number 73 pier stock. Megan Mitchell will join us. I'm sure we will talk about her, how she got into racing, uh, jo- joining board, joining, <laughs> jumping on with lift the visor. That's right. She is a lift advisor supporter. She uh, uh, she wrote an article for uh, for Jory Elliott, as you guys have heard um, Jory on our program a couple weeks ago. So uh, I look forward to that conversation. So, guys, once again, my name is John Morrison, and you guys are listening to the True North Racing Podcast brought to you by Jumo Media and Promotions. We will see you guys next week. Yeah.